0: another episode of the Community Action Suffolk podcast. I'm joined today by Kevin Ward who's chair of the trustee board for Community Action Suffolk and it's a real delight to have him on as we talk today a little bit more about volunteering which is very much a theme we've been discussing over recent episodes. Hi Kevin, lovely to have you on the chat today, how are you?
1: Morning Debbie, Um, I'm very well thank you, it's a bright, sunny day.
0: It certainly is and as we were just saying before we started recording it's feeling like spring is on its way. I'm I'm, I'm hopeful Kevin, I'm really hopeful.
1: <laughs> I think it is. You look outside my windows here and it's lo- looking gorgeous and it's starting to get warmer isn't it? So that's always a good start. I it didn't is. have hat and gloves on when I came in today.
0: Sunny Suffolk is the county of the big blue skies and that's why we choose to live here isn't it? Definitely. Okay, so let's start by talking about your role for Community Action Suffolk. You're a chair of the trustee board. So tell me about that's fairly recent, isn't it? Last three years. So tell me about what that involves and uh, how you became strong armed into doing that role.
1: <laughs> well, I got involved with Community Action Suffolk with their Pro Help scheme, which is for professionals to give some of their time to help different organisations, might be charities, might be community groups, um, and you just lend your you know expertise to help them with a problem whatever that might be and um, the then lead of that project Angie just started to talk to me about how I thought about being a trustee for a charity Um, and then next thing I know I was being interviewed by three trustees and Christine Abraham our CEO to be the chair (laughs) but it was a it was a bit of a shock in a way.
0: So prior to that what was your perception of trustees because I know that they're There is was a little bit of a kind of, you know, if you like, a bit of a preconceived view that, you know, to be a trustee of a charity, you're going to be retired. What is it? Pale, stale, male. It's all those kind of assumptions. What did you know about the role of a trustee, what it involved? And had you ever considered that that might be something you would want to do?
1: So I always saw it very much as a similar sort of role to a school governor. You're right. there to support a team who are leading the charge and actually doing the work, and you're there to help them facilitate it, but also you know provide some um, cautious sort of advice, help, hand on the shoulder, um, and just be there to challenge um, appropriately, you know, in a supportive way. So I had a reasonable idea of what a trustee might do, but yeah, you're absolutely right. There's a perception out there that a lot of the trustees in a lot of organisations. Um, I've probably retired, have lots more time maybe to give to it and, um, and and get quite involved. And I suppose my perception was very much that a lot of trustees end up getting very hands-on in the charity as opposed to being one step removed and, and being there for the people actually doing that. So um, this is where, the, you know, getting involved with Community Action in Suffolk in the first place was all quite good, quite an education and seeing the diverse nature of the board that they had in situ at that point in time as well you know it was quite a broad mix of different types of people already.
0: So in a way having been involved via ProHelp and done the kind of projects and input that you had previously was almost a little bit of a work experience before you came to be involved directly as a trustee?
1: Well a little bit because the stuff I was doing for ProHelp was was around governance and strategy and things like this and and mainly involving trustees of other charities Um, so to a large extent it lends itself very well to then coming onto the board at CAS because it's putting into practice what I've been helping other people do
0: and tell me about some of the other volunteering roles that you have become involved with with over the years you talked just there about school governor role I know that's something you've also done
1: yeah I um, did it originally for you know review to doing it for three years I think um, the normal term um, it was at Gorsland primary in Kesgrave and then ended up with a good team of governors, good headmaster at the time um, who was in there. And um, um, I got strong armed into being there for 10 years in the end um, and quite a journey along the way. So, you know, we, we got the school all the way through to an outstanding with Ofsted, which was great. And and it was very much centred on the students. Um, so that that was good. That was an interesting experience. Um and it definitely helped with what I've then gone on to do, both with Cass and, and in my career, actually.
0: So, so does, does doing a role like that does it help you both professionally and personally? What kind of benefits do you think you get by being involved in that sort of way? Other than you know being part of a team is is obviously a huge thing, but does it bring other kind of strategic skills that you find yourself using in everyday life as well as in as you do running a business?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think because, you know, we're using the school as an example, you've got a lot of governance there, rightly so. Um, You're looking at the risks to the school and and how it operates. You're looking at the finance. um, You're looking at the operational side of things. Um, So, you know, in in business, you have all of these things. And so whatever job you're doing, there's likely to be elements that you can take away from that experience of being a volunteer and, and being a governor or trustee. And, and apply that in your career, and it's likely to help even if it's just applying it in your own personal development. So it might not necessarily um, be useful directly in your job, whatever that might be, but chances are it's still going to be helpful. And even when it comes to budgeting and understanding a bit more about the financial side, it, it can help people with their own budgeting personally. And you, you're always going to pick up best practices. You're always going to meet new and interesting people um and and so yeah i i think it really benefits across the board actually
0: excellent and there are the volunteering roles you do within the community that have nothing to do with school and nothing directly to do with the business community i know that you are involved very very actively in the sporting world as well tell me about that role that that you do at the heart of the kesgrove community
1: um so i'm a member of kesgrove cruisers which is a running and triathlon club and i've been head coach there now for the last 18 months i suppose um and um getting quite involved with the triathlon side which is something i've always done so yeah i, I think it's good for body and mind doing things like that and trying to help other people get so they're doing running Ann- annoyingly most of them when i'm helping them get so they start running get end up surpassing me and you know i see them in races as they run off into the distance but um it's, it's all good fun and getting big groups of us off and doing events together. It, it, again, it's it's a really healthy thing, I think, for mind as well as body. It's a good stress relief. And um, there's a lot of camaraderie around that. So it's, it's definitely something I'm quite passionate about.
0: Do you think there's then, with, with groups like that, community-based groups, do you think there's maybe a 50-50% split of people that just want to turn up and do the doing of the sport, the activity, and those who say – no, no, let me roll my sleeves up and help with the organisation factor. You know, are there people that just say, oh, that is absolutely not for me. I just want to pitch up and be a runner. And, you know, as I say, are others who really are very, very keen to get involved?
1: I think it's probably a bit of an 80-20 split to a large extent with 20% being the ones that actively get involved.
0: Right. But I
1: think there's more that would like to. Um, and it's something um, we've got our AGM at the club coming up soon. And we're trying to persuade people to say if they'd like to help. And it doesn't have to be on a committee. You don't have to have a formal role. Actually, there's so many things where people have got skills and expertise that could help the club. So we've got a chap who's going to help us with some grant applications. He doesn't really want to be on the committee and, and do anything formal, but he's keen to help. So I think sometimes, you know, part of being involved in these organizations is trying to persuade people actually, you know, just come along, give it a go, help with something where you're in your comfort zone if, if that's what you prefer. Um, you know make it hopefully so they can enjoy what they're doing and then you know different things start to come into your comfort zone and where they might have been reluctant to go on a committee before it might just be that they're a bit shy or anxious if they've had a bit of involvement got to realize it isn't a big deal it's just all getting together to help each other then to
0: what we talked about before about perception doesn't it so if people in yeah. their head are thinking oh no if I say I'll join the committee that means I've got to be there X many times a week, or you know, yeah. I've got to put this many hours into it, and and we've all got busy lives, haven't we? And one thing we've talked a lot on this podcast since we started was about obviously the cost of living crisis, and it's it's probably going to stand to reason that some people will say, actually, if I've got these extra hours in my life, am I going to give them to a volunteering role, or am I going to look at paid employment and a way of boosting my family's income? Do you think that's a reality?
1: I think it is reality and for some people sadly I think you know they financially they might have to do things like that um, equally I think for those that don't have to do it in terms of needing that cash in the bank and they're, they're able to make um, make their way by doing the volunteering and getting involved they will to have the opportunity to help those that are struggling more and actually there's a tremendous feel-good factor to that obviously um, but just getting involved with anything where they're volunteering, whether it is a local sports club, whether it is a charity, a school, or anything like that, actually it takes you away from the troubles and, and, you know, the issues you might have in your life or, you know, just the things that are worrying you and give you a different focus and something that actually can be a real positive. And if you leave somewhere feeling positive, uh, that that will translate into your personal life and that will just help you cope and deal with, you know, the challenging times we we are going to have. We know we are. So I think it's a balance. You know, you've got to feed your family, but actually, if you can find time to do something and and help others in whatever way that might be, whether it's by shouting at them as they're running around a field, um, or or going out and helping with a food bank or helping a charity like Homestar, um, that you know, there's a wealth of different things out there which can really make a difference to other people, and that will make people feel good.
0: And that emotional well-being then helps us be more resilient in, in our own daily lives and with our families and our friends and, and you know, the other aspects of our world that we come across every day in our community.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, one thing I've never heard is someone say they wish they hadn't done that in terms of, sort of helping with a charity or, or one of these sort of groups.
0: Yeah, actually, you echo the points that, you know, we've we've had other people say on the podcast, you know, never heard anybody say, I regret volunteering. It's, you know, always something that I learned from this, I gained from this, whether it was a short term thing or something that they went on to evolve from. It's always been something that they've said, I'm glad I have done this because it gave me X, Y, Z or it taught me this.
1: Yeah, I think so. And a, a lot of the time, I think that one of the barriers to stop people doing these things is imposter syndrome. Um, they they don't think they're good enough. They don't think they've got the skills, they're they're not up to the level of other people doing it. And the reality is almost always that you you find it's quite the opposite and you're welcomed in and people want your skills, your knowledge, your experience and your personality. Um and then you you, you know, that quickly goes to a large extent. You might have still have a bit of imposter syndrome, but you know, that's probably I think healthy. we all
0: have it a little <laughs> bit, don't we? We just it, it depends how good you are at hiding it, perhaps.
1: Yeah, you, keep you, you on your you, toes
0: You talk about skills and knowledge and personality there. I'm really interested, as an employer, what difference does it make if you're perhaps looking to recruit somebody and you see on their CV that they have some form of volunteering role, they have involved themselves in some voluntary community-based activity or organisation? Does it make a difference? Do you look for that when you're seeking to bring someone into your business?
1: Yeah, I I would um, because I think it helps make a person a bit of broader in their experiences of life which you, you know in nine times out of ten are going to help them in the business environment chances are they're going to know how to deal with different types of personality and people that bit better as we said earlier you, you don't know who you're going to be working with or helping or um interacting with when you're volunteering um and there can be some some interesting characters um so that very so how... delicately
0: put kevin yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> so learning how to deal with that that's always going to be a life skill um and you you want people working for you who have that good attitude, that positive attitude. You know, you, you, you can train people up with skills, but you can't necessarily do that with an attitude, obviously. So the fact that they're doing something like that, they're volunteering, getting involved, to me is is always going to be a positive and it, it suggests um you know positive things about that individual and what motivates them. Yeah.
0: And I know, obviously, Community Actions Africa are always very keen to talk to employers and businesses throughout the county about schemes like employer-supported volunteering. There's another business that you're very heavily embedded with that are doing similar things around that. Do you want to explain a little bit more about that and about how you're getting staff more involved in how they might use their time?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a company called EG, which is a tech company. And one of the challenges we have is that... um, post-COVID the staff in general are enjoying working from home and that's fine the work gets done so you know from a business perspective that arguably isn't a problem except we really like to have a strong team and we like to get people together and have everyone so that they're you know comfortable with each other know each other and that, that all obviously enhances the business offering so we've been talking to the staff about what's the best way to try and encourage you guys to come back in the office a little bit more and, and where you're not just still build that strong team ethic um, and have it. So everybody knows each other well enough knows that, you know, where they might need help, not as the case might be, and just have fun together, which I think is really important. Yeah. So one day a month at the moment, we've agreed that we're just going to write that day off from a work perspective and have it as a, a, a team day. And they've got the options. So the first one is volunteering. And it's it's potentially doing stuff like I've done in the past when I worked at Barclays years ago and with Roundtable, I was a member of where you might go and do a sensory garden um, for a school like Thomas Wolsey, which we've done in the past. Um, but equally, it might be going and, and helping out a charity somewhere else with some volunteering. Could be doing something like a trustee role as well. Um, and we're quite flexible about stuff like that at the moment already. So we have someone that goes and, and um, she's a dancer. She dances with people, patients with Parkinson's. Oh, how so, fabulous. We, you know, we we like that side of things. Equally, though, to be fair, we're, we're also looking at the option that they can just play board games all day together right. um, and do some other different things. But at the moment, the volunteering one seems to have piqued the, the most interest, which is perfect.
0: Yeah, I mean, it has that sort of real ability to be, boost people emotionally and mentally. And as you say, also that social connection and cohesion as well.
1: Yeah, very much so. And it just, you know, if you don't know someone that well, and with a lot of businesses, we've had some changes in staff over the last three, four years. There's some of these guys that really don't know each other on a personal level very well. So they right. may know each other from a business perspective and understand, you know, a big guys are techie, so they might understand he can write this and he can do that, you know, so it's well over my head. Um but actually, it's really nice to know that you've got someone here who's massively into Dungeons and Dragons and Lego, and someone else there who's huge into their cycling, and another person here who's got um, loves their dogs and classic cars. And those are the things that that's what makes life interesting, isn't it? Knowing these things about each other, finding common ground, and finding things that are different, and sharing that, talking about it.
0: Yeah, and I think you're right. In in this area, it's quite possible that people have been recruited into a business and never actually have met their team in person because it's all been done via Teams or Zoom from the outset. They've never had to go into an office and perhaps never would. And so don't know those kind of foibles, nuances about their colleague that in ordinary circumstances, they might have been sat alongside them having a coffee every day of the week.
1: Yeah. And I think it's important from an employer's perspective because you want to retain your staff. You want good staff and you want to hang on to them. And if you're not careful, if there's no relationships there, there's no sort of bonds that people have built with each other, the, the job's become all the a commodity. It does just become about, I'm earning this much here. Actually, I can earn that much there. I'm just going to go. And there's no ties. There's nothing to make it sticky, as I'd call it. Um, and you want people to be sort of sticky and, and hanging around and wanting to work together. So, you know, as well as the team building element, You've got just the practical side that you you don't want your staff constantly migrating in and out because actually, you know, it's just a job. So it's a fabulous recruitment
0: and retention tool to know that the very organisation you're looking to work with X many hours a day also has this attitude to volunteering, this attitude to the local community in which you are embedded.
1: Yeah, I think so yeah very much so and they see it um when we're talking about it as another benefit just like with their pension um or health insurance that sort of thing so I thought that was quite indicative the fact that they saw this as a a key benefit to working for the company
0: excellent wow it sounds it sounds a brilliant idea I'm slightly worried that when we get to the end of this episode and it um, gets shared people are going to be getting in touch with you saying please come and get your staff to give me a volunteering day and There will be many, many organisations out there desperate to have your uh, staff's time.
1: Well, that would be perfect, because what I'll simply do is just throw it over to the staff and let them decide by committee which ones they want to prioritise and help first.
0: Yeah, excellent. I I like the delegation there. That was very good. So what would be your kind of number one tip for someone who's maybe listening to this, has never volunteered or perhaps hasn't done for a long time, perhaps they're in their mid-40s now, you know, and maybe the children are a little bit more independent, but they haven't volunteered since they were at school. What would you say? How, where do they start? What sort of things should they think about? How do they go about seeking the right thing that's the right fit for them? Or is it about saying it doesn't have to be perfect from the outset? It's a bit like dating. Go and kiss a few frogs yeah. and find out it doesn't work perfectly.
1: I think, that, yeah, the first step is be brave. And and just don't don't listen to that little voice in your head that might be saying you can't do this, you know, that poster syndrome. Um, so if you you feel like like you'd like to give back and you'd maybe feel a trustee role could be good for you or governor of a school, then be brave and go for that in the first instance. But also bear in mind that the time that that's, that's um, something a lot of people have said is they can't give up the time. Life's busy, which it is. But the reality is when you start to do it, it's a bit like when you first you know, take a mortgage out and you bought your house. The mortgage payments seem horrific that first few months. But by the end of the first year, they're going out. You don't really think about it. It's just something you've got used to paying. But actually giving up the time becomes very much like that. And actually, it's never as much time as it seems like it's going to be. When you're actually doing it, 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 it flies. Um, and if anything, you almost want to, put more time towards these things in in my experience. So don't let it, you know, be brave. Don't let the imposter syndrome stop you. And don't let the time commitment stop you because usually it's in your control and there's ways to mitigate it. And then I would look on things like the Community Action um, Suffolk webpage. You can get in touch with the guys there. And if you want to be a trustee or think that might interest you, they can tell you more about it. And they may well know some charities that are looking at the moment. Equally, most of us have a charity or cause that's close to our hearts, so it's worth making contact with that charity. Um, if you're in a running group or if you're not in a running group, an, an, another sports club, any of those sort of things, go along and just ask questions, see how it's run, see if they need help with something. It doesn't have to be a formal committee role like we are saying earlier. It might just be that actually you've got a skill set. Um, at our club, we've, we've had an issue um, with um, – someone who had a heart attack and we wanted to refresh our first aid training for the coaches, one of our members is the consultant anesthetist who's qualified to teach first aid. So she's not gonna commit you anything, but she's come along and she came and gave us all a day's course, teaching us again how to do it fresher and so on. So you never know what skill you might have that could be really beneficial. And that way you can just test the waters a bit if you don't wanna throw yourself right in at the deep end. But honestly, no one will regret just making that effort to to try and do something, and it might only be half an hour a month, but you'll still feel good for doing it.
0: Yeah. And in twelve months' time, you as the person who's listening to this could be on this podcast discussing the fabulous yeah. voluntary experience you've had over the last year, and you can thank Kevin for that for encouraging
1: <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, hopefully that'd be great if more people were able to do that, and it does genuinely make a difference to people. So it's it's definitely worth it. It's also good for setting an example to children and things like this you know it's about giving back a bit
0: you're, you're a father as well Kevin do you, do you find yourself wanting to encourage your children to embrace volunteering activities is that because it becomes part of your own being that you really want them to embrace it as part of their community
1: yeah definitely I think I've seen the benefits so much personally for me as well as for the people I've been um, volunteering with whether it's at the school round table um, helping the Rudolph runs at Christmas for instance um, and organising balls, and, and then with Community Action Suffolk, you get to see so many good things and be part of so many good things that it's great. And the kids have grown up with it to a large extent, so they've been out helping Santa on the Rudolph runs when they were younger, and, and even now, they have still do that now and again. Um, my son is at Scouts, and, and that involves quite a lot of volunteering, Is he's just about to do Duke of Edinburgh, and it was a no-brainer to him. It was just assumed that he would do that because that involved doing some volunteering and other bits and pieces um and my daughter is doing sort of, um dance classes she's a dancer so she's helping some of the younger kids now with their dancing and mentoring and stuff so i'm kind of hoping that i've brought them up in that it's not something they consciously think that much about they just get on and and do it and actually in every case with them they've enjoyed doing it it's one of the things they enjoy the most
0: oh, that's amazing wow should be really proud. It sounds like, you know, you've been really kind of um, given them that sense of pride and sort of just desire to help others as well as to sort of increase their own skills and aptitude in life.
1: I think so. And I think lots of the people that we're around and with, they have the same mindset. Um, the school's very good like that. The local scouts are always, you know, focused on that sort of thing. So I think it's trying to bring people up in that environment and then leading by example where you can as well.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much for your time, Kevin. It's been a really fabulous insight into your own personal experiences of volunteering, but also the sense of what we as a wider community can do to make such a difference across the whole of Suffolk. So I really hope Kevin's story has inspired you keep listening to the podcast from Community Action Suffolk for more stories about people who volunteer in this county and don't forget you can always visit the Community Action Suffolk website if you want to know more about specific opportunities and activities that you can get involved in in this region. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you for another episode very soon.